Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. This is the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. I am Noel Cordeaux and with me is John Kim. John, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm great. How are you, Noel? This is what happens when you wake up at 5 a.m. And this is what happens when you wake up at 1039. <laughs> do you do you think that we can call each other? Um, you, do you think I could call you John and you could call me Noel throughout this entire episode? No way. No, probably not. No way. That's yeah, yeah. too much work. I don't want to do that much work, John. I do enough work. This is uh, <laughs> this is rewiring our brain. It's like it's it's like the whole idea of uh, brushing your uh, teeth with your left hand to exercise different muscles in your brain. No. Not oh so yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I did last week? I was so tired last week. I wa- I brushed my teeth with face wash. Oh, that's interesting. It was it was terrible. <laughs> I'll bet you it's all the same. Shampoo, no. face, face wash, fluoride, whatever. Um, so something magical happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Something magical did happen. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. We um, we had our second, no, third annual Catalyst wow. Life Coaching Retreat. We had almost 100 coaches from multiple countries uh, from all over the U.S. come to Los Angeles, California, and we gathered for three days in uh, community, in celebration of the organization and the culture that we have built for and with each other. Mm-hmm. And we learned, we hit positive psychology, the science behind meaning. Our coaches um, took this opportunity as a practice and training grounds and presented workshops for each other to get feedback. Um, And people stayed in Airbnbs all over the city, lit bonfires, had wonderful meals, put their feet in the ocean, so many hugs, lots of crying. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. It was incredible. And I got to say, I'm always amazed at how far people come um, and how many actually drive. Like someone drove two weeks. Blew my mind. Yes. And um, this is our third one, which also blows my mind. But uh, you know what What I really love about these is they're not just like fun social um, reunions. Uh, they're legit. They're like back-to-back um, workshops and talks. And I think that's great because they're, they're just – people are getting so much value. Yes. It was, it was really, really incredible. We were blessed um, – one of our team members who's leaving us, and I'm so sad about that, is a professional producer. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that it felt so seamless is because there was a person who thought about the experiential um, track for yeah. every single human who walked in that room, from the handwritten thank you notes to the wine and cheese that was carefully chosen to the positioning of the chairs and tables to make sure that folks were comfortable and some could write if they wanted to or some could walk around if they wanted to. Um, A lot of thought and effort was put into every element, and it showed. Yes. Did you like uh, that it was just the catalyst this year? Because this is the first year that it was just us and not open to the public. I did. I did. And and the reason I liked it is because – 
you know, I think that we all needed a break. Mm, wait, what do you mean by that? From the world? Uh, <laughs> a break from the world. Right, I think that right. we all needed a break from the world. I, I know that I did, and I heard that sentiment repeated. You know, there were catalysts who are moms who have young kids who said, I got to be me here. Um, there are folks who, you know, work really, really hard in different contexts of their life, struggling three, four side gigs, jobs, kids, families, and they got to just engage in the stuff and the people and the science that they really love. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that, the culture that we have created that has now grown, you know, a lot bigger than you and I, Um, I think we started it, I think we model it, but every person who comes into our organization contributes to shaping it. And it's so kind and it's so Mm. accepting. And we tell everybody how kind and genuinely, authentically accepting and warm um, this organization is. But until you step into it for the first time yourself, you really don't get it. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I I just went to a Dharma talk last night and I've been um, in the last, I don't know, year or so, I've been kind of studying Buddhism and all of that. And I got to say, without putting labels or without announcing anything, um, all of those principles, you know, pulling from your heart and kindness and compassion and all of that is actually uh, at our retreats practiced in action. Yes. Like organically, like no one, no one starts the, uh, um, the uh, retreat saying that let's be like this. It's just people kind of walk in already with that spirit. Yes, 100%. And, and why, why do you think that is? Because we attract like-minded humans. Mm. We attract people who genuinely not only want to learn skills to help others uh, to stand in their own authenticity and truth, but they're seeking that for themselves. And I think a result, uh, just that a completely unexpected result of bringing together 350 people who all believe and feel the same thing is that we give it to each other. That and, and by the way, you taught me to use the word and instead of but, um, that and I think it's generated through our course, through our teachings over the, mm-hmm. um, over the weeks, I think, um, not just in the teachings as in, you know, the instruction, but I think them going through the journey and being vulnerable and talking about their own life, um, the the what I call the uh, breakfast club element of our course, yes, um, the coming together from different walks of life, and you don't have to be friends tomorrow, but today we are, you know, here because of this common thread, um, and then showing yourself. I think that is what kind of softens the heart and creates the soil for that that kind of um, that kind of that amazing spirit. Showing yourself is huge and, and showing yourself takes sincere bravery. And I don't think that we talk about that enough, what the kind of courage it takes to actually be you and ask for acceptance and love from other people around you, whether it's in a, a relationship, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in an organization at work, you know, it takes real courage to do that. Why do you think people are showing themselves in our course? Because um, not everyone shows themselves in their, you know, in, a, in, in life coaching courses. Well, I think it's twofold. Um, on one hand, because 
that is that is the best part about our community is mm. that we genuinely create a space and monitor and foster an environment where that happens, um, where where we are so accepting, so very accepting that I don't think you know I I can't imagine a context in which you know someone would be um, even remotely shunned or rejected. Um, and number two, I think that's a big part of what we teach people to do in the catalyst intensive, as you said, is, is it, it's, it's not, it's a skill. It's something that you have to learn how to do. You have to, I mean, why would any human do anything, right? It's, it's risk versus reward. So even though there is inherent risk in showing yourself, being authentic, being honest, um, there is also even greater reward for inhabiting that position in life. And I think that a part of what happens is this is a, a, um, an incubator. It's a testing ground. It's a place for people to try it and see what happens. And then they get acceptance, love, and feedback in return. And it's like, wow, well, if I'm getting it here, I should be getting this in other aspects of my life. Maybe I can stand up for myself. Maybe I can do what I wanted to do. Maybe mm -hmm. I can just be who I've always felt I was. Where do you see the culture of uh, our community, say, in three years? Um, I know we talk a lot about our company as far as, you know, the, the, um, where we want it to be and all the, you know, the business stuff, but um, where do you see the culture? Where do you see, you know, how do you see this kind of evolving um, as far as the annual retreat and how it's going to be as we grow? This is a really hard question for yeah. me. And, and something that I, I really struggled with this week was the juxtaposition of me, Noel, myself, mm. and me, Noel, the person that heads this organization. Um, What's the difference? Well, I've been trying to figure that out. Oh, right. And, right. and then that's the, you know, that's the hard part, right? Is, is to what extent can I be fully, truly me? And to what extent um, is that level of uh, vulnerability and transparency, not damaging, but yeah. um, like complicated, right? Yeah. And you know what? I just, um, I just had a revelation when you just said this because I never thought of it this way. And, and now I definitely have empathy and compassion for you. So for me and the role that I've taken in our company, it's never really changed. Like I don't have to um, worry about that or think about that. I'm, I, my job is to just be me and show myself and produce content, all that stuff and, you know, create, um, partnerships, etc. But with you, um, it's so different because the role that you play does have this kind of, um, you know, tug as what does it look like uh, to head a company and all that stuff, right? The whole um, put on a suit kind of thing. And then the other half, which is just Noel, the, the Noel that I know and love. Um, and then, you know, what's the bet? Like, how much can you show? How much you're not supposed to show and all of that stuff? And what I have been doing is showing my whole self, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that has had consequence. Sure, you know, that sure. there have been people who love the organization and they meet me. I had somebody tell me once that I would be such an effective leader if I was a little bit less whiskey. Mm. And that's that's good. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't agree, but okay. But 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 that's good feedback, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, that's good what, what does that mean? A little less wet, less whiskey. 
What, uh, I, like I'm, less less edge. What does that mean? You know, it can be taken in a lot of different ways. Right. But it was it was it was a it was a a supposition that the that all of the pieces of me aren't really fit or acceptable uh, to 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 stand and embody an organization that is about authenticity and love. And mm. if I'm somebody who is pretty open about loving my vices. And, um, you know, also having these rough edges and these very human edges and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and has a life, a partner, a family, you know, things right. that go a dog. Wrong. <laughs> a dog, like, you know, that, that, that might not really fit all the time when I present myself professionally. And I took that to heart and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't ever want to show up in a way as myself that makes other people feel threatened or uncomfortable because it's incongruent with who they are and I need to kind of honor their journeys more than my own. Mm -hmm. Um, so back to your question about where this culture is going. Um, I now believe that protecting the culture of our organization and being the steward of a safe space for people to learn how to help others to come home to themselves mm -hmm. and to, have community with others is probably the number one thing that I and you have to protect. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? Yeah. I got to be honest. Uh, as our company grows, it's going to be harder. It is. And I've really been thinking about that. Uh, you know, I really have been. And that's why I wrote to all of our catalysts. And I said, you know, you guys have to be responsible for this now too. Mm. You guys have to be responsible for welcoming each new person who comes in like a lost child. You yeah. guys love this. You love the way you feel. You love what you've experienced. You now have to take responsibility for it too. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really going to be the way. I think that we have 350 people now. We're going to have 500 by the end of the year. By the end of next year, there's going to be a thousand and everybody is going to have to make a commitment to keeping this thing solid and strong. And I believe we can do it. Mm. Uh, I really, really, really do. I have never met more caring, ambitious, badass, like powerful, um, kind, loving, open, accepting humans in my whole life. And if there's anybody who can do it, our coaches can. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I torture our team by saying that what we actually sell is make friends and be awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think it's true. Yeah. And, you know, the world sucks, right? Like it just fucking sucks right now. And yeah if we can create a family and a safe space and a place for people to come and find a respite and, and take their shoes off and lay in the sand and like come home for a little while, well, hell yeah, I'm going to protect that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It's a grand experiment, right? It is. And the, the word coming home is extremely powerful. And, um, I think that's what a lot of people feel when they come to this annual retreat. I agree. And, you know, something that just struck me is, is, you know, why is this so important for coaches? Why is this so important for helpers to have this space? Because it's, it's, it's different than, you know, if, if say we were an organization that were all paralegals, right? Um, 
I think it's because when you're a coach and when you're a helper, you give so much of yourself to mm -hmm. everyone. To, it's just, it's who you are. You have the empathy chip, your friends, your family, everybody comes to you with their problems. You're doing this in your professional life. You're trying to be an entrepreneur. You're trying to carve out a career. You're trying to literally carve out an existence in the field that doesn't fully exist yet. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting and it's scary. And to come to the arms of a place where everybody's like, oh yeah, I see you. You know, right. like that, it gives you a break. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, and again, thank you for being um, transparent. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for uh, showing yourself. And also, I know that uh, as someone who is helming this, you have to also decide when and, and you know, because you wear different hats. So I do respect all of that. I also don't know in today's world with startup um, how much uh, transparency and showing yourself, um, is possible. Uh, you know, that balance where you actually have to do some things for the business to run and generate and grow. And then, but also, um, you know, execute what you believe in, you know, and, um, it's definitely better now today than I think, you know, say in the fifties, but, um, I think it's still hard. I think it's really hard because I think that in that startup world, and I'm not that familiar with it, there's a lot of red tape and polit uh, politics and games and, you know, everything that comes with the entrepreneurship. Yes, I have experienced that. And I also have to say that there are a lot of really awesome, smart people. And, you know, I, I, it was just really ironic that during the week of the Catalyst retreat, I came to LA and I got my ass kicked. Like I just mm. straight got my ass kicked in three different directions. Right. It was not so much what happened, but more so that I've, I, I am personally inexperienced with a lot of the emotions that come from this stuff. Mm. You know, I was on the phone with my dad at six 30 in the morning, three days in a row. Cause I didn't know what the hell to do. Mm. And he said to me, um, you're not wrong. It is really appropriate to feel this way. The difference is going to be how you respond and how you choose to get back up again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck. Um, so, you know, can, can I just do real quick? I love that you have a dad with that kind of capacity because <laughs> my dad calls me. He's like, what do you want for lunch? And like, that's pretty much all there is, but wow, that's great advice. I love it. It is great advice. And I'm really lucky. I'm really blessed. And I have to say, you know, over the years, my dad and I have not always had this kind of relationship. I was yeah. estranged from him and my mom for a good stretch of years in my 20s. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't always like this. And we both worked really hard to get there. Um, and I have to give my dad a lot of credit for being the one to lean in and say, I want to have a relationship with you. What are your terms? You know? Um, so we got there and it's been a gift. Um, and he, he has really helped me because he has been through stuff like this before. Um, I was walking, I was doing meditative walking. So, you know, LA is a weird place for me because I'm, I like happiness and I like calm and it's the opposite of that. Right. Um, and I've seen so many people just at different times, walking down the street in LA crying. And I, oh, it, I always thought, my God, 
you know, what's going on? And then I found myself walking down a street in LA crying, you know, with my sunglasses on. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hello, I get it. Um, and, and in that moment, what was the most comforting to me is that I have absolute, I, I could sit with these feelings and I could let them defeat me or there is, a, there is another way. I have absolutely no reason in this moment to believe that a super positive outcome is not entirely possible. I have no reason to believe that everything can't go beautifully and I can lean into that potential. Mm -hmm. I can, I can, I can assume that everything will go as well as it possibly can. And I can begin to act in that way. Right. And I can begin to act in good faith. And instead of leaning into fear, which would cause me to um, retract, I can lean into a, a different way of being and I can proceed with good faith and just fucking plow forward, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, which is what I did. And it went really well. Um, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But, I, but you know what? I, I think that there are a whole lot of people out there who are really committed to a different way of being and working. And as far as our organization goes, I want to find those people and I want to partner with those people. Sure. And I think that I, I think that we can change things. I really do. Yeah, I absolutely. And I think also, you know, um, with every person on our team, because we're also different, uh, we have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, it's hard for us in different ways, you know? So I appreciate you sharing what, what, in what ways it's hard for you. Um, by the way, I have to insert this. I think LA is calm and people are happy, but that being said, <laughs> I do, I do, I didn't listen to anything else after you said that. No, um, I, I live in a little bubble, so that's different. Um, but, um, I love how positive you are and I love that, uh, you share, your journey as you are uh, guiding and directing this company and uh, you practice what you preach, you know, and I think that's so important um, as not only a company, but also as instructors, as coaches, um, you know, as, as uh, people who are uh, gathering, putting events on and kind of leading the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think it's really important to remember for everybody who's who's listening. Um, I started out as one of the coaches, yeah. um, you know, so it seems like such a it seems like such a crazy mountain to climb when you're thinking about becoming a coach. But this whole thing started because I was going through a breakup. I mm -hmm. read one of your articles and mm -hmm. I emailed you a stranger from across the country and said, hey, I'm a coach. You're looking for coaches. And you wrote me back and said, hey, you're a really great writer. You have a great story. Why yeah. don't you join my team? Yep. So, you know, one of the things with our coaches that we provide is opportunities for those kinds of partnerships. When you and I met, neither one of us had any no. idea that that the significance of that very first email exchange I know. No, which is actually just a which is amazing just a, a life principle but yeah i had no idea what the fuck i was doing me either um, and but you know what a great example uh 
of how a simple collision can turn into something that is greater than ourselves. Yes. You know? Yes. And so as we're connecting people and we're building this organization and our coaches and are looking at you and I and saying like, oh, wow, you know, I can, I'm, I'm here and I, and I, and they're there. We covered pretty quick ground. I mean, it's been six years. Yeah. Wow. Three companies later, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we're still in its, in our infancy, um, but also growing very fast, you know, growing faster than ever. Absolutely. And, and if I look back and think about where my mindset and my mentality was six years ago, I'm a different species. Mm. Yeah. I, I think me too, certain, to a certain extent. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. So maybe we could end with this. What was your greatest takeaway from this weekend? It could be a, a business, a personal, any kind of takeaway in Revelation. Oh, my goodness. Um, other people matter. Mm. Other people matter. I love that. Um, my greatest I takeaway was that I think that when you connect others, um, you also end up connecting to yourself. Yes. Which is like, I think is like a, a, a life law. I think it's one of the, one of the principles of life is the, is as you, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're a coach or a teacher or running a fortune 500 company or whatever. I think if you connect others in, in a genuine way, not in an egotistic way, uh, or a controlling way, but really connecting others, um, there's no way that you're not going to be able to connect back also to you. You know, that that's a, and it, I think that's beautiful. It is. It is beautiful. We're all, we are all connected. Yes. So listen, if you're listening and um, you were there this weekend, we value you. We appreciate you. Um, your attendance was required for us to have these amazing ex magical experiences. Um, or if, you're, if you haven't and you have no idea what we're talking about, but you're curious about becoming a life coach, come check us out. We are at jrni.co journey.co and uh, you can read all about us and you can talk to um, our team and we can answer all your questions about life.